Welcome to episode 14 of Launch and Learn. In this podcast, we talk to entrepreneurs about their experiences in starting and launching startups. This podcast is hosted by Matthias Dickerhoff and Alexander Thompson. Today, we have Stefan Richter on as a guest, who is the Chief Product Officer at Striper, which is a leading venture builder in Europe with offices in Germany, Switzerland and the UK. Stefan has had quite a journey, having co-founded multiple companies and led FinanceCheck as head of product to now being CPO at Striper. Stefan dives into what he looks for in a product owner, how to build the right products with the right technology, and many more topics. Welcome, Stefan, to Launch and Learn. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, guys. Our customary question to start off is, um, what did you have for lunch today? Um, for lunch, actually, actually nothing. So it's nothing unusual for me. Uh, mm. Typically, I've just one meal a day or so. So um, and uh, so when I have meetings. I often skip lunch. So, but I had some dinner. So, ah, oh, what did you have for dinner? <laughs> uh, some Indian stuff, like mango, mango chicken. Nice. Do you do that for uh, fasting purposes, or is just uh, you're just too busy and you don't get too excited about food? I don't know. I think it's a mixture of, of both, of often having um, a lot of meetings. And then I, I just also keep it um, often yeah, with one meal, I'm fine. Keeps me keeps me slim. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now you're the CPO of, of uh, Striber Ventures, but I want to go back first to where it all began. Um, for you, at least, what was the first... Yeah, the first notion you had that you were interested in entrepreneurship, startups, and specifically product as well. Good question. I mean, probably I, I already did a lot of website side projects early on during during um, school time. We did a website for for my year of uh, graduation, and then in the bachelor studies, we also had a student platform and, and, and made some money with it. But I think at that time, I didn't even know that it could be, it could take all the startup or something like that. So um, it was mm -hmm. just a side hobby, learned coding and, and was coding all the time. So I think that was more like, yeah, random projects uh, as said that, that interested me personally just in coding learning building website it was interesting time because you yeah there were it was progressing a lot right in the beginning like uh, html css it was not very sophisticated and then uh, it developed always further and that, that just kept me in the zone basically um developing day to day and night so i think that's uh, what i did a long time but then maybe like the <clears throat> probably the the first real startup uh, experience was then i think during my master's studies um i was well looking for a side job uh, as, as, as uh, normal and then I, I got in touch with an incubator in, in, in austria in, in vienna yeah i didn't also really know what an incubator was at that time here but i think uh, yeah it sounded interesting like they, they build startups and um i was there in on a few months on, on a project where um yeah we we basically tested uh, in the Austrian market uh, a model from the UK that we saw like uh, some restaurant, you get this restaurant card, pay like a, a subscription per year, and then you get 50% discount in all the restaurants that participate or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah. So that was uh, basically the first time. And so it was not a conscious decision at that time to, to be in the startup world. Um, but um, yeah, I, I got into this 
think about it, maybe yeah, I think there it was like a fancy co-working space, uh, glass window, so it was really nice, so free coffee, and you met people there. And before, I, I always was working in a in a big corporate as working student for yeah three three years or so during my bachelor's study. So I feel like that was much nicer, and uh, that's why I probably the office probably was nice and the freedom that that I had to to work on this. Um, restaurant idea there so i think that was a probably a nice impression that that kept me there so that was with all about apps right that was your first kind of venture into doing product yeah exactly so it was all the, all about apps they're called they're still still existing uh, yeah yeah, I was just saying it must be quite the, the wild west back then. I mean, probably I was in high school at that time. Um, and a lot of things have happened since then, that's for sure. That sounds like a really, really cool uh, experience that you had. Um, I mean, then why do you then decide from that to, to end up launching actually your own company from that uh, after the agency? Well, I mean, I don't know. I think there was just, I think, opportunities always appear sometimes if, if you're in the right space or especially in the startup space so I, I felt like it was it was also like after two years and and you have to imagine that that i also yeah as i said before i'm in this product and then development space for a long time so i felt maybe doing something else and and, and um yeah it had just also some other connections uh friend that uh, yeah had really interesting idea to to take it further and um i just yeah in that moment i think it was just a more like a emotional decision or something like that i think i would do it different now i think i also learned to yeah do or like take your time with important decisions and then maybe think about pros and cons because in the end, you see, I'm still now in the in the product space back back right. So, uh, um, but I think at that time it it felt just like yeah, we were like established. It was fine. I was doing two years building fifty apps, right? So it felt like maybe also I wanted to explore something new. So I'm always someone. I get quite bored if there's nothing new coming up or like. Uh, so I always need also a bit of a new challenge. And um, at that time, that that turned out like this. Um, yeah, I found it interesting that you went to start off some of your own projects and then you ended coming back to like as a CPO or head of product for another company again um, with finance check. What was that like, you know, s switching between kind of your own startups and then working for someone else again? I think probably one one difference is this, uh, I don't know how to call it, like a uh, flow of action uh, i'm not mm. sure if that's a good description but i mean if, if you are employed right or if i'm working in the agency or to start a, as an employee then um i mean you basically always have a task list that is generated basically through um incoming requests you get right you have your clients you have your team members you have your boss whatever so there's you're all automatically in 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 a funnel of to do's and if you basically start something on your own then i mean you have no team probably yet or sometimes you do but uh, if not and like in my case sometimes um then yeah you need to create your own task list basically so mm -hmm. uh you always need to push yourself right what do you want to build who you want to talk to 
Um, so if you're not acting yourself and push yourself forward and nothing would happen, right? So in, in an employment uh, field, yeah, you always push by others. So if you have a team around and more established um, environment, and yeah, so that, that's maybe um, a difference. But yeah, overall, I think I also have to say that I, wherever I worked at uh, FinanceCheck or at the agency, I always felt to be like an entrepreneur still in this company. And um, so I think that's, that's also important. So I felt like um, it's not that uh, different, right? So I also chose companies where I have a lot of freedom and, and um, responsibility to, to develop things further, right? So, yeah, I mean, it looks like you got a lot of autonomy when you started these companies. I mean, you really climbed the ladder quite quickly from what it looks like to take a really like leadership role in terms of running some product teams. What was that like for you? Like so quickly going from being an individual contributor to being, you know, head of product or leading a whole product team. Yeah. I mean, it, it's quite, so obviously when I compare um, my yeah last job at FinanceCheck was like a highly high growth startup, right? We grew from I don't know, 50, uh, 50 or 200 people in, in a year, a bit, a bit more. And then at Striver, we also started back, yeah, basically from from five people. So, and, and the business model is also a bit different, right? So first of all, I think what's, what's different is that at Striver, we build MVPs. So the focus is much more on, on like early user exploration, feedback, prototyping, and trying to see if, if we solve a problem, right? That, that's mm. that's our main question there. And in in a in a high growth startup, um, well, you already know you solve a problem and you have customers. So there, the focus was much more on, on technical legacies or complexity, technically roadmaps, huge roadmaps, like multiple teams scaling. So mm. quite quite some different um, jobs per se. What what yeah what is what is on our agenda and what the po basically is also or the po's are also doing in, in, in the job so it's quite different from a, a already big company big startup to where you start from zero and then obviously the role like a manager role in striper versus uh, a po role at, at striper i mean um yeah, I, I think uh, obviously I, I always like to to work on products myself. So I also I built the, the first product at Striver, the the first two actually myself, and it's, um, it's something I I definitely miss. So others do the fun part now, <laughs> and I basically act more as a coach, providing input input from my experience how how I do certain things or I, how I would maybe um, do certain things or help out. So I don't know, we have often questions if we built the first MVP with no code tool or um, a proper custom tech stack already with our developer team. Um, what's the MVP score, right? I think that's that's always a tricky question. Um, what's what's enough to go to the market? Um, what do we really need? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I try to give advice, but, but trust, trust my team of product owners and also accept that uh, yeah, that we, we tend to hire also uh, young, ambitious people, junior people who can grow and yeah, to give them like room to explore, also make a mistake and, and then um, build their expertise on their own. But basically I'm, I'm available for 
care for any advice if, if they need me. So I really see myself a bit as a, as a coach. And uh, yeah, yeah, but I think that's, so that's, that's the main, so quite, quite different job, actually. I'm, I'm, and I also um, need to be cautious that I'm not, you know, involved, getting involved too much and then feel like, okay, I want to do that now myself. I really need to, um, yeah, not, not do that. You touched on a lot of interesting topics, I think, here that we can definitely dig into. Uh, just looking on top of the list here. Yeah, I mean, as you, as you mentioned, you know, you have to mentor other product owners. I think that's a quite an interesting one, especially for product owners. I mean, how do you hit that balance between guiding product owners as well as, you know, provide, providing them with the autonomy to do their work? Yeah, I think that's a... That's a tricky question, right? Obviously, the so I mean, we we have different levels of experience, right? From junior to senior, and obviously, um, a senior I tend to, yeah, give less attention basically from from my side. I, I don't need to look anymore to do too much uh, basics. Uh, I mean, a senior is very independent and already on on one level with my expertise more or less. So, I mean, that's um, definitely a difference to, to focus more on, on our juniors, uh, also because uh, they're likely then uh, not so long in the company, the seniors also maybe maybe already long in the company or in the field. So that's definitely something that you focus more on the, yeah, the, the more junior people in, in the company. But also here, I, I try to, first I, I try to see and, and observe and also I'm not afraid to, give them the independence to to just do and do mistakes. So I'm definitely not, you know, like uh, micromanaging or, or per se, like uh, checking everything, you know, I think that's, that's not, that's also not, I don't see, see my role there, but definitely there's, there's probably, there's likely more feedback loops and uh, more, more things uh, to check together, like uh, current roadmaps. Or, so you're probably being more involved anyway, still. And, also, you probably have more discussions on, um, well, where does this person wants to grow? So you spend more time on that. It's, uh, and uh, also, yeah, you, you try to give um, more, more feedback and try, try, you're always a bit more engaged and try to make sure the person is on the track. And yeah, but actually it's, it's always a balance, right? So, and I think, also, if you, I mean, I, I have a couple of product owners in my team, right? And you always try to balance it a bit. So typically when, when it's going well for one product owner, it's not going so well for another product owner. So uh, either it's like uh, team issues or yeah, t it can be anything or individual issues or sometimes, yeah, or someone you need to figure out a bit more longer where where can this person grow where can, how can this person be motivated so you, typically i try to allocate my time always also a bit on you know who needs the time most right now right because typically that that changes a bit over time so yeah and you've been mentioning like that you like to bring on a lot of junior people and i know that you hired me so maybe don't uh filter your answer too much but <laughs> What do you tend to look for when you, when you have people apply for product positions? Like how do you filter people through? What do you look for in their applications to set them apart? 
Yeah, the, the ultimate question, right? Maybe that would be an easy question to answer. And uh, we made our learnings as well here on the, on the way. But uh, yeah, I think quite a, quite a few things. Uh, as you also know, we have at Stripe, um, yeah, like a performance matrix, quite a few dimensions. I think one, one, one main criteria is a high intellectual grasp. So basically smart people, right? Uh, sounds also easy, but yeah, I think I don't really want to work with people who, um, yeah, who cannot think really logically, um, or I have to tell like, look, why don't you Google the answer yourself? So if <laughs> I say that one time, then, then I probably made, made a wrong hire. And then, yeah, so people should be curious, know that even if they don't know, like they, they, they have strong problem solving skills and how to find, yeah, how to find the answer they're looking for think logically of things and so I don't want to um, need to tell someone everything that they could answer themselves mm -hmm. right um, difficult to find out we do a case study and, and multiple interviews right and you, you try to uh, get a feeling on, on that then yeah independence so again I think it's related to the to the first point that really people who have an independent working attitude of course you need to work with your team and and come for feedback anytime but uh, you need to be able from a to set to work independently and we, we also look for that in, in juniors because we, we yes you can sometimes not know things or not done things before but you can prepare a plan also with your manager together how to go from a to set and, and, and then uh, do your job basically so and also yeah try out your own things and then and do your own um, things that you come up with so that's that's also important then yeah technical background i think is also something I, I i put a lot of focus on as you know so all product owners at Stripe, they also have to do some technical stuff from html css uh, no code tools get uh, more and more uh, common so i think it's it's very helpful to to have at least a, a basic technical understanding and you work with software development with the developers and uh, yeah, uh, more and more products can, especially as we're in the MVP field, I think it's also um, maybe in this area a bit more uh, helpful that you can often as a product owner build your first product nowadays with no code tools. And, and so that's, that's very um, good if, if you have that in your, in your skill set and you can test out things without um, hiring a developer right so that's that's something we're looking for what else yeah maybe another thing is also product managers at heart so i would say it's like someone who just likes to build so really basically product management is also something where you, well you have a rough idea in the beginning and you just try to get this rough idea into an actual product uh, no matter basically the obstacles so just having a relentless drive of getting it done from idea to, to product and knowing all the hurdles with stakeholders, technical hurdles. So to really execute and build is, is something we look for um, as well. So I'm sure all uh, from now, all, all product owners uh, being hired to drivers should go through this uh, podcast episode <laughs> so they really can know <laughs> what to look for and what to improve. Um, going, going back to the bit to the product and product development at Striper. How do you go about doing the product discovery at Striper? I mean, do you have certain steps that you take 
and you know to identify the problems to do experiments and get user feedback mm -hmm. well the team always has to decide what what they really need um i mean to i think two, two common ones are on the on the one hand uh, jobs to be done is, is a framework we we typically use we really um, try to to understand the user on a, on a deeper level also not not just that we not just focus also on, on on features the user need but also like what what are emotions um this user is yeah is driven to what solutions does he use now how does he feel about the solutions that he's using now to uh, to solve this problem etc so really uh, we often whiteboard that uh, with the team in, in in a workshop setting so yeah jobs to be done is this one framework um sometimes we use design sprints um where yeah you you probably know that we i think we adapted the strata sprint or just the design sprint quite quite a bit to the design sprint but still a couple of days we also um, tend to focus more on i would say one core part of the product so that you also don't get overwhelmed but then one core feature or core value proposition of the product um, and then um, with the mixed team you typically try to have also different um, people product owner marketing venture high tech uh, everyone can also come up with a potential solution how it could look like um, then we vote for for the best solution and then we also go to go to the users and uh, so potential users and, and get feedback from them in a, in a structured way um, yeah, and that's that's maybe the, the the obvious third third pillar is always uh, yeah talking to to potential users in, in one way or the other that we um, do a survey uh, and get really data on on certain things uh, that 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 we have hypothesis what what users maybe um, want or what problems they have um, or qualitative that you really uh, have up to one hour sessions with them and really have a questionnaire basically step by step asking them uh, certain questions. Talking about some of these frameworks and technologies that you've seen either by yourself or your team members, what are some of these for you that you're really excited about, whether that is a tech stack or, or certain technologies? Sorry, what I'm excited about? Mm -hmm. Whether you are regarding like what are some of the new technologies and frameworks? that you're quite excited, excited about happening right now? Mm -hmm. um, let me think. Uh, I mean, I think one development that, that we saw was, um, was the mobile uh, front-end technologies that, that still um, developed further quite nicely. So, I mean, we started with React Native, for example, uh, yeah, not more than two years ago, right? And, uh, at that time, yeah, I was not so sure um, if React Native really can compete with a native app, um, but I think it it progressed quite nicely. I mean, you, you have to um, put, put more effort into it, but uh, obviously it, I think also then there was, uh, I think Airbnb app was, was developed fully in React Native. So it's, it's that was quite uh, interesting how um, how fast React Native um, 
progressed and, and how good it's already um, performing basically i mean still still not 100 a native app but especially for our mvp cases so that, that that's quite nice and so that gives us also the advantage that uh, we we have basically one front-end team who can build web apps but also mobile apps and i think that's that's very nice and um yeah but that, that's one one development for sure um and uh, yeah, I think the the other trend is, is definitely um, all those no no code tools. Um, so, um, also I haven't done myself so much with it, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, seeing a couple of uh, product owners uh, using them, um, like Bubble, or uh, there are also some that that are more focused on aggregated data on and. and um, yeah, displaying data quickly in, 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 in a nice, nice way, uh, mobile app ready, basically. Um, that's, that's also crazy how much, um, yeah, you develop further and everyone can basically build their own APIs now. Yeah, and you combine it with Sapier and, and, and services like this. So yeah, just, just the ability to, um, yeah, to do basically all normal business models that are not having a super complex business logic or so on you, you can just build your your own product the back end and, and a front end and uh, mobile optimized design how quickly and, and conveniently that's already possible now it's i think uh, when i started at Stripe three years ago it was not that sophisticated yet so, yeah. yeah the barrier for entry these days is is getting lower all the time i think yeah on the other hand i mean i'm also yes and no but because on the other side it's also that uh, i mean more and more business models are not so easy anymore so you, you often um going you i don't know you either you go into an ai direction blockchain direction um uh, some more tech um yeah, some stuff that is also not so easy. So uh, mm -hmm. where you need still specific tech expertise, uh, uh, working with data, and, and uh, yeah, you need often uh, data scientists, etc. So it's also so yes, uh, there's cert there's a lot of things you can get started with, um, but I think also the the um, it's not uh, yeah. So also the the degree of technical complexity for business models they they, they also um uh yeah it gets it gets more difficult i think so you've been a part of product teams for uh, quite a while now you know in a lot of different situations you know first in an agency and then at a fintech and now at a venture builder um how have your different experiences like in these different environments shaped the way that you approach product management any like key moments that or key learnings that you've had over the years? Uh, big question. Okay, let me see. So I mean, okay. So you also mean between different projects, like my own startups and uh, yeah. other. Okay. Um, I mean, simple thing like my my own project. I think uh, main learning uh, what to not do. So, uh, also, I think, I mean, in the beginning, I also, I, as I always wanted to develop things and I liked that much, I started to build stuff before even, yeah, running the tests and doing the problem exploration, right? So, um, 
uh, yeah, learned what not to do and uh, don't build too fast and I'd rather try to build something lean and then and, and test test with users before before you build one big thing for one year uh, so yeah that's that's definitely something yeah also that uh, I've, I said that before in my opinion uh, tech skills nowadays as a pure um, really really help on the job um, but also thing makes you makes your product on a profile much much stronger if you really can combine business and, and technical side so that's something I I was lucky that I basically always brought with me and uh, yeah I think that's something nowadays uh, that, that really helps then yeah agency time mm. I mean I think what I learned there a lot is that I mean I work with a lot of different developer teams all the time so I was also running around in the office uh app team one two three four five you know so and yeah i think there's no perfect way of it in my opinion as a po to to make your uh developer team happy all the time you know it's i think it's a constant struggle um how to work really agile and yeah then you typically then at some point you think like you figure out perfectly how the cheers set up and the tickets and the dailies and everything works and then at some point you start rethinking everything again so that, that's my and I, I put this or took this across three companies already so i feel like it's probably not not just me so i, I think you you always need to yeah refine the process and and also um yeah like being very empathic with your team um so i, I feel like sometimes what i see is yeah, that as a PO, you, you can struggle to also be respected by your by your tech team. And I feel like as I had these many projects at the same time, it was good for me to learn how to deal with it, you know, so um, and finding the mix of being not too pushy as I'm this business guy and saying the developers what to do, right? Um, and because the client said, so I'm basically just mm. transferring the client message. And uh, <laughs> exactly and then you get questions back like yeah why is that now relevant etc and then like so getting the commitment and, and their involvement right and i think it's uh, yeah it, it depends a lot on the organization and uh yeah large organizations then have a scrum master and, and, and so on so but I, I think all i'm saying is like i think you will never perfectly figure this out you need to just remind yourself that uh keep up op keep open to test new things and also to be yeah, finding the right way of communication with you, with your developers is something you, uh, yeah, you probably have to keep doing and learning and, and yeah. yeah. From from a high growth startup, so the finance check case, and, and in my role, I mean, what I learned there, um, I mean, it was very uh, technical. So I think. When you're in a bigger startup, uh, 100 employees and, and more, well, typically the only thing, I, or sometimes it feels like the only thing you're still doing in product management is dealing with technical complexities. So that's that's quite different. You you tend to like maybe do. I mean, it depends on organization, right? With your amount of user testing and being freely freely uh, developing new features is, is is getting less and less, and you you try. You have other topics you focus on, like dependencies between multiple 
teams, maintenances of your APIs, um, hosting issues, I don't know, so, uh, and different stakeholders who want, uh, yeah, you have bigger companies or you have more stakeholders and managing all this complexity then and making the right decision what to build then and what not, right? So that, that, that's that's uh, what's going on in, in, in growth companies uh, much, much more. Um, and yeah, I think what, what I also learned there is um, trying to set up a, a good infrastructure and, and architecture from, from the beginning. So basically, you're already thinking about, well, maybe in three years, we have millions of transactions every day. So better we build a good foundation now. Uh, otherwise, we, we, we get quite quite slow, but obviously easier said than done, right? Mm. So either you, in, in your two people business, at least you don't care, you don't have a CTO expert maybe in the team. So, uh, and yeah, so difficult to execute, but still something in, in a startup to, I think good startups, they still have founders who, even if they grow, their company grows fast, they try to set up processes and and, and, uh, and infrastructure already in in a way that they already try to think of it ahead you know and mm -hmm. try to always uh, manage the growth a bit even uh, like try to manage it early on with the right processes etc also not easy to be done but always thinking in processes early on even if you're like free people in the beginning um, probably helps you later on if, if your startup becomes successful cool Thanks so much for coming on, Stefan. How can our users connect with you? Or what? Uh, how can they find you online? Um, LinkedIn, I guess. Cool, sounds all right. Cool, all right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate so it. Thanks, guys. A few quick things before you go. We asked Stefan for his favorite quote, and he didn't have any. But he gave us a list of podcasts he recommends, so those will be in the show notes. Also in the show notes, is our new website, launch-learn.com. Head over there to see all the new transcripts from all their episodes and to apply to be a guest. Um, if you know anybody who should be on the guest who has a cool startup story or who's an entrepreneur, send them that way. We're always looking for new talent to come on. Otherwise, have a great week, guys. We'll see you next week.